0: You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels.
1: Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. My guest on this episode, he is a husband, a father to two young men. He is an author, and he is the Senior Director of Strategic strategic Communications for Purdue University. And he is Tom Schott. Tom, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks much for having me. Looking forward to, to visiting
1: with you. So. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to this episode uh, for a little while here. And uh, obviously one of the big things we're going to talk about on this episode is Tom's new book, A Hundred Things Purdue Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Uh, just got my copy in the mail uh, late last week. So I haven't had a chance to look for, uh, look through it quite yet, but I'm excited about uh, doing that and learning even things I know I don't know yet about the university. So Tom, thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to talking about the book, before we jump into that, let's let our viewers, just kind and of, listeners, get to know a little more about you. Uh, talk about where you're originally from and, and where you went to school, and then we'll eventually get to um, how you got to Purdue, but let's start right there.
0: Sure. Uh, born and raised in the St. Louis, uh, avid St. Louis Cardinals fan, uh, both baseball and football, and a football team uh, uh, by the same name uh, back then. But uh, uh, went to Ohio Wesleyan uh, University, uh, majored in journalism, I've um, always had a passion for writing and for sports, and um, the ability to do both uh, uh, was very interesting to me early on in my life, and uh, I've been fortunate uh, through a variety of ways to, to do that my entire career, but uh, came to Purdue uh, on a 10-month internship in 1990, and, uh, and haven't left yet. Uh, it's been just an absolute uh, uh, joy to be here for over 30 years, uh, the first 29 and a half uh, in athletics, uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, uh, since January, uh, working on the uh, the news service uh, communications and uh, marketing media group. So uh, old, old and black through and through. My wife uh, is, is a Purdue grad, played basketball uh, many years ago. And uh, as you mentioned, we have two boys and uh, um, they're our pride and joy. Gotcha, did you, did you know your wife before you came over for the internship? Uh, no, she was actually finishing up her playing career uh, on the women's basketball team. And uh, um, so I met her as, as, a, as a student athlete then. but. Uh, uh, she graduated, uh, moved up to Chicago uh, as a teacher, um, and then we started dating uh, after she had uh, graduated and moved on. And she eventually came back to Purdue to get her master's degree, and uh, she's been a, a career uh, teacher in, in the area. Uh, first at the Harrison High School, uh, one of the county schools up here, um, and uh, for the last dozen years or so at uh, West Lafayette uh, Junior Senior High School, where she's also assistant athletics director and the uh, girls uh, basketball coach. So... We are an athletic family, uh, no doubt about it.
1: Awesome. So you graduate Ohio Wesleyan University in Ohio. Of all the places in the in the world to go, <laughs> how, how did you make your way over to West Lafayette to Purdue?
0: You know, uh, like everyone uh, uh, did at the end of their college career, just sent out letters. So uh, we didn't have emails certainly or, or any kind of uh, communication like that. So just sent out uh, letters, some blind, uh, some applying for jobs. Uh, I knew I wanted to get into something in the sports media relations uh, field. Uh, I had been fortunate to intern uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball team uh, in college for two summers. Uh, I would have loved to have gone that route, but uh, uh, Purdue had an internship uh, in athletics, athletic public relations. It was called uh, back then under Jim Brugink, a longtime uh, Purdue athletics employee. Um, Drove over here for the interview uh, was, was sold. I said, if, if, Jim offers me a 10 month internship. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. And that, that call came uh, a few days later and, and I jumped all over it was very fortunate. Uh, at the end of those 10 months, uh, one of the full-time folks in the office, uh, moved on, they shuffled some things around and, and had a full-time opening. Uh, I said, I love my 10 months. I want to stay longer. And, uh, that started my, uh, full-time run. Um, I just was very fortunate to got to work with, uh, you know, all the sports, uh, so many great coaches and student athletes through the years, administrators, that uh, really was a labor of love. Uh, anyone who's worked in athletics uh, um, knows you have a passion for it, uh, for the people, for, for games. Um, and that uh, kind of what led to, led to take it on the book project eventually.
1: Cool. And, and you never left, obviously, you're still at Purdue. Like you said, 29 uh, plus years in athletics before switching over to Purdue New, York, Purdue New Service. Talk about, I know you've filled a bunch of different roles uh, in the athletics department. Talk about some of those.
0: Yeah. So uh, our, our position was known as sports formation directors uh, for many years. And, and we were basically the the information uh, source uh, between the uh, the teams, the coaches, student athletes, uh, and the outside world, whether that be the media, the general public, donors, uh, whomever. Um, certainly that role changed over the course of my career uh, from the, the old days of sending out traditional news releases and, and hoping the media would would pick them up uh, to you know, having our own website uh, sort of the, the social media boon over the last, uh, uh, you know, five, 10 years, however long that's been. And, uh, um, yeah, I was fortunate. I worked, uh, uh, with wrestling and track and field during my internship year, uh, then took over uh, volleyball and women's basketball. Um, was fortunate to be a part of the women's basketball national championship team in 1999. I then started a 12-year run, uh, working with football directly, um, worked extensively with Joe Tiller for 11 of his 12 years uh, at Purdue. It was just a complete uh, joy to work with Joe. Um, remained with football, uh, kind of wore an advisory role uh, during the rest of my time with athletics, uh, uh, but then just took over the the directorship of the whole of the office and managed a great staff. Uh, and our job was to tell the great stories that our student-athletes and coaches uh, were writing about every day. And um, heard it before i'm sure from other guests and we've got great people at purdue the student athletes are first and foremost uh, just just great people who are at purdue for the right reason to get an education and and you hope uh, if if their dream is to play professionally get to do that but they're there to get a degree and and be a difference maker in in society Uh, and i could rattle off dozens of names of of those that have done that we've got great coaches great administrators Uh, morgan burke uh, was the ad for most of my time there was just a uh, you know, tremendous what he did for, for Purdue Athletics, taking over at a time uh, when we really needed uh, someone to jumpstart uh, the department. Uh, um, and that's no disrespect uh, to George King, his predecessor, but athletics was changing uh, uh, in the early 90s. It was quite much more of a business uh, than it had been, and, and Morgan had a great business uh, since. Um, learned a lot from Morgan. Nancy Cross, who is still in athletics, has been there, I think, for 40 years now uh, in, in a lot of roles. Uh, a great mentor, Barb Cap. Kapp, uh, yeah, I could list so many people that uh, were influential in my career, but uh, it's a special place.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. You mentioned a couple of those uh, memories of the 99 uh, Women's Championship and of course working with uh, the legend Joe Tiller there for a number of years. Um, talk about some of your favorite memories that stick out uh, and, and just like things that you will always remember.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, if, if I'd help with a few, uh, you know, we mentioned the 99 national championship team, which certainly was, was, uh, you know, an incredible moment uh, uh, to have that team with Stephanie White and Yukari Figgs, who were seniors. Um, Carolyn Peck, who was the head coach, had already announced she was leaving for the WNBA uh, after that season. So I, I hate to use the term lame duck coach, but that's what Carolyn was. And that team still figured out a way uh, to win a national championship. And that was just the culmination of, of, uh, two great careers by Stephanie Caris, so that uh, certainly uh, uh, would be on the list. But even before that, with women's basketball in '94, going to the Final Four for the first time in school history uh, was unbelievable. We had to beat Stanford uh, on its home court to uh, to do that, uh, uh, and that team had no seniors. Uh, it was underclassmen dominated, and, and to go 29 and five and and reach the Final Four was was, was tremendous. Um, you know, football, the Rose Bowl, obviously is. Has to be at the top of the list. Uh, um, But every day with Joe Tiller was a joy. It was just, uh, he was, um, besides a great football coach and a great ambassador for Purdue, he was just, he was like talking to your grandfather or your your next door neighbor. He just, um, we had more conversations about things other than football than I do, and I think we did about uh, football. He was just a very special uh, person. Um, But I think, you know, besides the Rose Bowl, I, I looked at that 2004 season. Um, with Kyle Horton as the quarterback. Uh, uh, We were 5-0, we (laughs) won Notre Dame for the first time in 30 years, I believe it was. Uh, Beat Penn State at Penn State, uh, ranked number five in the country, number 10 Wisconsin's coming to West Lafayette, college game day is on campus for the first time ever. I mean, we were the talk of college football. It was was, uh, uh, probably in my time, the best time to be a ball maker was those first five or six weeks of, of that season. That was just unbelievable. And then we had the that game one, uh, and, and it just pains me to bring up uh, what happened, but, uh, you know, we're up 17 seven and ready to salt the game away. And, and I had been told the college game it was coming back the next week uh, for our Michigan game. And then, um, history wasn't kind to us. And uh, obviously, uh, we had the unfortunate fumble um, where they missed the face mask call on, on Kyle and, and and, and things kind of unraveled, but we did come back and beat Ohio State later that year, and ended up going to a bowl game. Uh, but uh, that that first part of that season was just uh, to just all the hard work by, by by Joe and the staff and those players, and 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 just to be thought of as as one of the higher echelon football programs in the country was just uh, what what you dream about, and it was just it was just phenomenal. Um, so those stick out, but. Uh, you know, I didn't have a bad day in the office in twenty nine and a half years. It was just um I loved going to work every day. You knew the things you had to get done kind of on a on a scheduled basis, but uh every day uh brought a new challenge or a new opportunity and uh just thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Speaking of a few of those, you know, just from my experience too, we'll start with the most recent two thousand four. So I'm that was my first year after I graduated Purdue. So I was working up at WLF up there. Uh okay. just started actually and uh I remember going to the game. My dad's from Wisconsin. He's from the Madison area, so he came down for the game, and and we just seemed to be, yeah, have it in control. The excitement. We went over to the game day uh, morning experience there on campus, and I actually went to use the restroom and came back, and oh. Wisconsin had scored. And I asked my dad, "My dad, what what happened?" <laughs> and and uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I didn't plan on going this route in this conversation, but I just curious. It seemed, and maybe it's just you know, the doom and gloom part of a Purdue fan that it seemed to be a mental downward spiral for there for Purdue, for, for Purdue football for a number of years. I don't know if you agree or see that as well, or if it's just, just the way that, you know, the cards kind of got played.
0: <laughs> you know, it's hard not to, to see it that way, and I'd and, and um, be naive not to at least acknowledge that it's true. I mean, uh, um, you know, first of that season, Kyle got hurt the next week, and we lost four in a row, all four very close games. But when uh, I mean, you're five and zero, oh, and you're thinking, you know, Rose Bowl, you know, Heisman. better than the Rose Bowl, if there is such a thing. But, you know, we ended up back in the Sun Bowl for the third time in four years. Um, and then uh, things did kind of unravel a bit. Uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, still got to some bowl games uh, and had some exciting bowl wins um, uh, under Joe and under Danny Hope. Uh, um, and I should mention, you know, we had, Two great wins against Ohio State, uh, under Danny Hope at home that were, that were a lot of fun, and, and obviously the, um, the game a couple of years ago, 2018 against Ohio State, the Tyler Trent game, it'd be um, hard not to include that in a list of great memories of my time, but uh, you're right, uh, I, I've heard that uh, sentiment before. <laughs> it's hard to, to not uh, uh, agree with it. Uh, I, I kid uh, with Tyler Lorton uh, almost every time I talk to him, uh, and he and I have been great friends since he was here uh but, he made a lot of money to get over it the rest of us still are kind of struggling <laughs> it, all these years later but uh um you know kyle was a constant pro and, and mm-hmm. no one felt worse about it than, than, than he did and uh um, yeah it's i'm with you on that unfortunately so
1: and it, and it is a team game you can't always point to this one play and i i love kyle too i remember when he was a, a freshman and i forget it was brandon Kirsch or whoever was playing there when Kyle was a freshman. I remember uh, obviously I was a student at that time talking to my, one of my good friends and I said, they, they got to play this Kyle Orton kid. They got to play this Kyle Orton kid. And I think Tiller ended up putting him in his freshman year and turned out to be, you know. It was actually Brandon, Brandon Hance. Brandon
0: Hance, thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but Brandon Kirsch followed Kyle. Yeah, that's right. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, Kyle played the last uh, three or four games of his freshman year. And although we didn't win any of those games, uh, he certainly showed as a true freshman that, uh, he could throw the football, yeah. and the command of the offense, and uh, he went on to put up some pretty big numbers. But, uh, yeah, he, he was great quarterback for sure. Yeah.
1: You mentioned the uh, 2000 Rose Bowl in the 99. I, I love seeing when Big Ten Network replays those uh, – I forget what they're called, but they – you know, the recap of those seasons, and uh, I see you on those specials. <laughs> so it's really cool seeing that and just getting to re- relive some of those, those special memories as a, as a Purdue fan as well. And, of course, we could have had one in 2001. If, uh, the refs didn't give Ruth Riley the uh, yes senior yeah. call there at the end of the game. We can remember that one as well. So yeah, could have had a second. That was my uh, my sophomore year at Purdue, so that would have been fun to to get to see that one happen. So, but nonetheless, it is what it is. <laughs> but yes, like you said, that's awesome. Uh, so many great memories uh, over your your tw- uh, thirty years there, and just so many great people that have come and gone uh, from Purdue, and just those like you would say, I'm sure uh, lifelong memories or friendships that you've you've gotten to take with those. Um, well, one of the things we are talking about is the book. Uh, it's really cool. I've been kind of just scanning it a little bit and looking through some of the uh, some of the chapters. We'll talk about those in a minute. But what kind of what inspired I know you've written uh, a four other uh, three other Purdue books and a couple of baseball books. You can if you want to go ahead and take the time to mention those as well and then talk about what kind of inspired putting this book together.
0: Sure. Uh, First book we did uh, was back in the early 2000s, uh, Tales from Boilermaker Country. Um, co authored that with Alan Karpik uh, and Doug Griffiths uh, of Golden Black Illustrated. And uh, those are more anecdotal kind of uh, short uh, stories and tales about uh, uh, Purdue athletics. Uh, An easy read, very similar uh, to this one. Um, That uh, got rebranded as Tales from the Purdue Boilermakers Locker Room. Um, just about four or five years ago, so kind of an updated version of of the original uh, book. Uh, And um, the other one was called the Purdue Football Vault, which is a coffee table book, uh, very heavy on photos and um, uh, kind of uh, reproductions of ticket stubs and game programs and other items uh, um, that are kind of tucked in the book uh, done by Whitman Publishing out of Atlanta, Um, just a phenomenal um, th- there was some writing involved. But it was it was more just kind of telling the pictorial history of, of, of Purdue football, and that was uh, a lot of fun to do. This one uh, kind of fell on my lap. Uh, Nathan Baird, a longtime uh, writer with the Lafayette and Courier, uh, had started it, and uh, when he uh, took a new job over uh, covering the Ohio State Buckeye football team, uh, working uh, for Cleveland.com, he and the publisher decided probably wasn't. Uh, would be the easiest or best for him to continue. So uh, the publisher reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested. Uh, this was just about a year ago, actually. Uh, and I couldn't have said yes any quicker mm-hmm. uh, up my alley. I mean, it's uh, um, just a hundred short uh, stories of the great people, moments, uh, events, games, uh, in, in Purdue uh, athletics history, with a handful of, of kind of other great Purdue stories that, that we can talk about, uh, about later. But uh, Nathan had done about a quarter, a third of it. Uh, I kind of uh, uh, jumped in and, and did the rest of the of the writing. Uh, spent most of the winter on it, uh, and it was everything I thought it would be. I mean, I, I love Purdue athletics. I love history, love research. Uh, and although I had lived a lot of uh, uh, the events and, and, and mm-hmm. worked with a lot of the people that are in there, uh, uh, you don't remember everything quite as much as you thought. Uh, you have to check uh, some facts here and there, but uh, uh, we have a great archives uh, in Purdue athletics. Uh, uh, through the years and was able to utilize a lot of those uh, materials but uh you know it was it was easy to come up with 75 it was easy to come up with 150 it was tough <laughs> to decide which of those other 75 we're going to make uh, the final 25 or so if my math is right there but uh, um you know left a few on the cutting room floor that i would like to have, have included but uh i was limited to 100 and uh, um i think people like just it's an easy read if you don't have to read it in order you can pick it up and read chapter seven today and 14 tomorrow, and then one, and then 99, and doesn't matter. Uh, they're all kind of independent of one another, but, uh, um, but true Purdue fans will know most of the stories or know most of the people, but hopefully there's some new material in there, or maybe it'll rekindle some memories or some some recollections. But I also think it's great if you've got uh, kids who wanna become Purdue fans or who you want to become Purdue fans, <laughs> introduce them to, to Purdue history. And, and, yeah. um, and again, they're just all short, uh, you know, thousand to fifteen hundred word uh, write ups uh, that are that are I hope fun to read, but uh, and hopefully enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. I'm gl- I'm I'm looking forward to reading it and just yeah, like you said,
1: a lot of these in here I know from my time, but a lot of this before my time at Purdue and and you know I wasn't even really a, a Purdue guy until I got accepted there and knew that's where I was going to school. So looking forward to that. I'm glad you mentioned Nathan Baird. Uh, I love reading his stuff up the Journal Courier before he unfortunately had to move on to my yeah. least favorite school in the <laughs> nation, <Indian>, but. <laughs> That's neither here or there, and then uh, of course I want to mention uh, Triumph uh, Publishing
0: as well um, for helping you uh, get this out there as well. Um, I should mention uh, Triumph has done uh, has done these same titles uh, for for many colleges across the country and a lot of pro teams. Uh, um, it's really kind of a niche uh, they've they've uh, uh, done well with, and uh, um, I'm glad they finally uh, wanted to add Purdue to their lineup, and, and couldn't be more honored to have been. Uh, pick to, to to finish it off, and and got to give a shout out to Robbie Hummel who was very gracious um, to write the forward. Um, you know, Robbie's certainly another. We talk about class people. I mean, mm-hmm. the basketball. He's great at that. He's great at announcing, but uh, he's as first class human being as you'll find. And uh, it was a pleasure to um, have him do the forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that too, Robbie Hummel. One of my favorite uh, basketball players of all time at Purdue. Also a region rat like myself from Northwest Indiana. Good, yeah. And still on my bucket list to get on this podcast. So, if Robbie, if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> I'd love to have you on here in the in the near future. I'd love to talk a lot of things uh, with uh, Robbie. So, yeah, I'm glad he would uh, participate in this as well. Um, talk about just the excitement of getting this out, and if you had some favorite chapters that you got to write.
0: Well, I can tell you, I've, I've been writing for a long time since I was 12 years old, and, and obviously, uh, books are kind of at the you know the uh, the high end of the spectrum as far as a, a thrill, but uh, uh, I still get excited every time I see an article that I write uh, published somewhere. So certainly, when you when when you're told that the uh, the books are being shipped, you'll have them in a day or two. You, you get pretty fired up still. And that I'm fortunate; uh, uh, I still have that uh, that, that burning uh, in my belly. It's a still still a thrill to to have that. Uh, um, boy, it's tough uh, to pick out favorites. Uh, you know I. The, the publisher, as I understand, uh, wanted to have it be football and men's basketball heavy. Um, I was insistent that we put quite a bit of women's basketball in there uh, because I was so close to that program for so long and because of the success that program had, whether it be the, the championship team we talked about or the Final Four, or Lynn Dunn, who was the, the head coach to kind of put Purdue women's basketball on the map. Uh, certainly Stephanie White, we've talked about. Katie Douglas uh, out of Indianapolis, uh, uh, wanted to make sure where basketball was fairly represented and then I had to give some other sports, uh, some love. So there's a chapter there about volleyball and, and the great program that Carol Dewey had back, uh, in the 1980s. And now that Dave Shondell has currently, you know, David Badiah, certainly what he's done, uh, uh from an Olympic standpoint, uh, with diving. Um, so I wanted to give, you know, some other sports, uh, their appropriate due do because they were part of, of what I went through in my time at Purdue. But, uh, I think what, uh, you know, the, I guess I'd categorize two areas that, uh, would, aside from the obvious ones, the, the John Woodens, the Joe Tillers, the Gene Katies, uh, the Drew Brees chapters, but uh, you know those stars that uh, I, I knew about, I had heard about, but maybe didn't know intimately about, whether it was Terry Dissinger uh, in, in basketball uh, who won an Olympic gold medal uh, in 52, uh, Daryl Stingley uh, who played at Purdue and, and had the unfortunate uh, uh, paralysis accident in the NFL game uh, early on in his career. Uh, Billy Keller, another Indianapolis uh, legend, uh, um, and, and not only what a great basketball player he was at Purdue, but everything he did from a coaching standpoint after he left uh, uh, Purdue. Lamar Lundy, fascinating story, uh, um, a two-sport athlete at Purdue, um, the first African American to get a to get a scholarship in football, uh, went on to become the MVP of both the football and the men's basketball teams. You know that's kind of unheard of, uh, and and him talking about uh, um, you know. Racial challenges that he faced uh, back, uh, you know, 50 years ago. So, um, those types of stories uh, I, I put in one category. But then, you know, some of the non-athletics thing, uh, whether it be you know, research in the history of the Golden Girl, that was fascinating. I I know who the Golden Girl is and, and know all uh, about her. Uh, but uh, to kind of research history of that uh, was fun. Um, the Boilermaker Special, obviously the iconic mascot, Purdue Pete. Um, band you know researching stuff about the band uh, about uh, um, you know, things like that that are there uh, places to go on campus you know some of the favorite uh, spots to visit uh, when you're visiting campus um, there's a chapter on the Tyler Trent gate uh, which I had to get in there certainly yeah. so some of those non-athletics uh, stories were every bit as fun to write as as the ones about uh, the famous people in games I'm
1: glad you you mentioned Tyler I was that was the first chapter i read i skipped right <laughs> chapter 94 and yeah. and read that and so i you know as a, a friend of tyler and the family i I'm, I'm appreciate you getting that in the book and how important that was to to include in this i'm also uh looking at this and uh, of course i want people to go buy this and read it themselves but <laughs> i see george steinbrenner in here how, yeah. how does george steinbrenner connect to purdue
0: glad you asked uh, <laughs> as a baseball guy mm-hmm. i first heard uh, about the connection uh, that's always been uh, I'm probably one of the few people at Purdue that uh, tweets out George Steinbrenner's birthday every year because it's the 4th of July. So, Uh, but uh, George Steinbrenner long before he became uh, obviously owner of the New York Yankees um, was a one-year assistant football coach at Purdue. Uh, It was 1956 and um, he had been at Northwestern uh, before before that. And uh, Jack Malenkov, very successful head coach at Purdue, uh, brought him uh, to Purdue just for a year. I believe he coached the junior varsity and, and, and helped out, uh, um, you know, kind of a lower level assistant coach, if you will. But uh, after that season, uh, uh, George Steinbrenner's dad said, you know, I've got this yacht business I'm, I'm running here uh, in Cleveland. Uh, you can be a lot more successful helping me uh, build yachts and get this business off the ground than you'll ever be uh, coaching uh, football. So uh, as any good son would do, he followed his dad's uh, recommendation and, uh, and uh, got involved in the family business. Um, still was very involved, I should say very well, was still involved in Purdue athletics. Um, he became very good friends with Gene Katie. In fact, uh, I asked Coach Katie uh, about uh, his connections with George Steinbrenner, and, and there's some good quotes uh, from, from Coach in there about him. Um, and uh, Coach Katie was a Yankees fan, and, and George kind of became a Steinbrenner, became a Purdue fan. So it's kind of a neat little uh, story. That's one that I hope a lot of people know about, that they might learn something new. And, and obviously uh, Steinbrenner's record as owner of the Yankees is, is unparalleled. So whichever way you feel about him. So yeah,
1: no, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I look forward to checking that one out as well. Um, talking about, I, I know the book just came out, but have you gotten much feedback or heard about sales so far and how, how that's going?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm over, overwhelmed, but, but not surprised because Purdue fans are, are special. I mean, you know that. Uh, um, you know their passion is is un, unmatched, uh, and and uh, I think Purdue fans love to um, get Purdue stuff, and this is this is all Purdue stuff. This is again, it's just uh, it's it's enjoyable, it's easy. I'm not trying to say it's the best written thing ever because uh, I would never uh, give myself that much credit, but it's it's for a Purdue fan, it's just fun. It'll yeah. be fun to to relive some memories or reconnect with some people you you may have bumped into or knew or saw a game or watch play or watch coach. And, and then there'll hopefully be some that uh, you didn't, didn't know the stories of. So um, this uh, interest has been great, um, but again, not surprised because Purdue fans are, are so special and, and I'm not surprised they've, they've gobbled it up. And I uh, uh, wish I could thank each of them personally. But uh, uh, Stuart Schweigert, uh, who's got a chapter uh, in his back, uh, has been back in West Lafayette uh, the last few years with his family. Uh, uh, he called earlier this week uh, and, and wanted to buy 20 copies to, to give away his gifts. So, um, uh, yeah, just very appreciative of everyone that's, uh, that's gotten behind it uh, and, and hope people enjoy it. That, that's what it's all about. Awesome.
1: Well, best of luck uh, moving forward with that as well. Um, well, we talked, we have mentioned it and hit on it a couple times that we're uh, both big baseball fans you even more than myself, uh, you know, for anybody who's watching the uh, the podcast on the website today and not just listening Um, this is probably the first time in my podcast recording history that I'm not wearing a Purdue shirt wearing (laughs) my Braves shirt because they're starting the playoffs today actually playing as we uh, as we speak Um, and you're a big Cardinals uh, Cardinals fan Uh, what started your uh, love uh, for baseball
0: you know I was not a not really into sports as a, as a small child. I, I was really into Star Wars and, and and things like that. But in 1979, I was 11 years old, and somehow I caught the uh, baseball bug. And uh, growing up in St. Louis, uh, it was obviously easy to become a Cardinals fan. That was Lou Brock, Hall mm-hmm. of Famer who recently passed away his final season. I remember listening to the game uh, uh, when he got his 3,000th hit in 1979. And let me tell you, I was hooked. <laughs> And I, and I haven't got unhooked uh, since and uh um, again was fortunate to, to spend a couple years uh, interning in their public media relations office uh, in the late 80s uh, when whitey Herzog was a manager you know kind of cut my teeth on baseball with, with whitey and, and old bush stadium and and just uh um, yeah, i've been hooked ever since and uh um this, this love baseball loved, was, was an average player at best uh, um, I, I'm not a name dropper, but uh, I was high school baseball teammates with Joe Buck. Of <laughs> uh, he was a year younger than me, and, and we were both uh, pitchers on a, on a very uh, average uh, uh, St. Louis Country Day baseball team, but uh, um, he's been a great uh, friend for many years. And and, and Jack Buck, his, his legendary father announcer, would would pull up to the games and, and probably illegally park just to watch a couple of innings whenever Joe was was pitching before he had to get down to, to Bush stadium to get ready to call a Cardinals game. But uh, um, yeah, I, I became a Giants fan in the early eighties. Uh, um, just because, and, and I was fortunate to write a couple books on the history of the Giants. i um, still do quite a bit of writing about the Cardinals. Uh, I kind of as a freelance uh, writer, as I mentioned earlier, just love to write and uh, love to research. And, and uh, besides Purdue history, baseball history is my thing, especially Cardinals and Giants. And, and just, um, never gets old senior seeing, seeing that byline, so uh, <laughs> that's that's my passion.
1: Yeah, I think I read somewhere you still contribute to the Cardinals Media Guide?
0: Yeah, Media Guide and their Hall of Fame induction program uh, have, have some great uh, connections there that I've had for years and uh, um, it's just a way to keep a uh, foot in that door and, and kind of keep that childhood memory of, of going to games alive and I should mention, as, as you said, uh, I'm with you, I watched a lot of Braves games on on, on TBS, so uh, growing up, uh, uh, John Sterling before he went to the Yankees was on there, and, and uh, uh, Skip Carey and Pete Van Weeren and and all those guys. Uh, it was them and the Cubs. You watched them every. You watched the Cubs right after school, and the, the Braves at night. And you can watch uh, certainly anybody anytime, but uh, that was that was a big deal back then, though, to have those games on every day. So Dale Murphy, one of my all-time favorites. So. Yes, that's awesome. Uh, and
1: then you also you. You talked about the Purdue books, your two other books are baseball books, correct?
0: Yeah, about the New York and San Francisco Giants uh, franchise. uh, uh, The Giants Encyclopedia first came out uh, uh, in 2000 when they moved into the new ballpark, uh, now Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, Nick Peters, uh, who's a Hall of Fame uh, sports writer that cover the Giants uh, since past, co-authored it with them. And then after they uh, went to the World Series in in 2002, lost to the Angels, we we updated that. and that's a very different type book. Uh, in some ways, it's much more stat-heavy, and and you know recaps every no-hitter and every playoff game, and uh, lots of bios and, and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, that's where where I really got started in, in, the, in the book business. And uh, um, yeah, it was that, that was that one took quite a while those two to, to put that together. But uh, um, again, just been very fortunate uh, through my career to be able to live out some dreams. No doubt about it. So.
1: Cool. How
0: many baseball fields at stadiums have you been to? Um, I want to say I have a list that I keep. Uh, I haven't looked at it recently because I didn't get to add to any of them this year. And I had hopes to, to do that. I was trying to get one or two yeah. here. I think I'm at 30 or 31 total, but that includes some that aren't around anymore. Yeah. About a dozen that I still need to hit of the current ones. Uh, um, I've not got to the new park in Atlanta, though I hear it's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Sun Trust Park uh, that's on my list we'd hope to get up to Minneapolis to see the new I guess it's not new anymore the Twins uh, stadium I have seen it several times we've been up there for football trips uh, but uh, I'd like to go in the, in the summertime not in November when we're usually up there uh, walking yeah. past it <laughs> um, yeah it's uh, my, my list my bucket list uh, I one of the light items is to get to, to all of them uh, I've been to all 50 states that was on there so now I got to get to a few more of these baseball stadiums and Sure hoping to, uh, by next April or May, we're back uh, seeing games in person. It's, it's, it's been rough. I'm glad baseball's gotten to this point, and it's yeah. been a great uh, uh, distraction uh, through all this uh, to watch games on TV and, and uh, credit goes to the players and, and the management for being diligent and, and with a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. Those unfortunately one of them, uh, they, they made it through the regular season and uh, uh, hoping college football can, can follow that uh, and excited to see uh, Purdue kick off here in a few weeks.
1: Right on. Uh, do you have a favorite stadium?
0: Tough to beat uh, Old Bush Stadium, because that was the first one I uh, ever went to a game at, certainly. I grew up in St. Louis. I really loved uh, old Milwaukee County Stadium. Uh, my brother lived in Milwaukee uh, for several years uh, back in the early 80s, when, when the Brewers were just getting hot. Uh, actually played in the 82 World Series against the Cardinals. So, county stadium is special hard to go against wrigley field or fenway park two of the or dodger stadiums of the iconic ones yeah. um, give you a long list uh, the one in pittsburgh is, is phenomenal with mm-hmm. the, the three river three rivers in the backdrop uh, certainly yeah, yeah. Um, but truthfully if it's baseball and, and, and it's a beautiful day or evening uh, and you've got a diet pepsi or something else then <laughs> a pretzel if they've got a good pretzel that goes a long way with me yeah so.
1: yeah i mean I'd say, you know, football and basketball are my favorite sports to watch. But going to a baseball game, there's just something about that experience. I got to do PNC Park a couple of years ago. My brother lives out in the Pittsburgh area, so I love that park. Yeah, it's great. it's great. Miller Park's great. I finally got to do Wrigley in the mid-2000s. And then last summer we were out in – or two summers ago we were out in San Francisco where my – I got some family out there. and got to I think it's AT&T Park where the Giants play. And, um, and you know, as a Braves fan – me and my wife shortly after we got married went down to Atlanta for a weekend one time and so we were like we got to go Turner Field and of course the one night that we were available to go uh, a huge light, uh, thunderstorm was oh. predicted and uh, my we had a couple friends down there and they're like well you know if you get there when t- uh, the gates open it's only a dollar so we're like you know worst case scenario we get to take a dollar tour of Turner Field or whatever sure. but still hoping you know they get the game and and sure enough we got in walked around the stadium, saw them warming up a little bit, and then they called the game. So, unfortunately, never got to, to see a game down there. And then, of course, yeah, you mentioned uh, Suntrush, which is now called Truist Park. They've already changed names in the short life. track of all of that. <laughs> right. So, I was hoping to get down there this summer, but, of course, COVID changed those plans. So, hopefully, next summer I can get down there and see a game in that ballpark. So, well, um, the Braves have a great
0: young team. You guys have yeah. poised for a nice run. Uh, Cincinnati will be a formal first-round opponent here with the pitching, so we'll see what happens. But the, for sure, How do North, you feel about your Cardinals quick and dirty.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about your Cardinals' chances?
0: Like their pitching, um, you know, offense has been kind of a challenge uh, for the last couple of years, uh, and San Diego certainly has had a tremendous season, and they're kind of you know, one of a handful of everyone's kind of dark horse to, to make a run. So, should be a great three-game series. Uh, um, yeah. I, but you're throwing the, you got Wainwright and Flaherty and, and uh, Kim going today. So it, it should be, should be a good series. So. Yeah, I mean, good news for you. I mean, I never wish, never, never wish
1: injuries or anything upon an, uh, an opponent. But I did hear on the way in to record this, I think the uh, Padres' two best pitchers are actually rolled out for the series. So oh, wow. that, That's... that plays in your favor, at least. Well, uh, great talking baseball with you. A couple more things before we uh, wrap up here, Tom. Sure. To talk about uh, family you mentioned your your wife and her involvement over at West Lafayette uh, high school and of course your son uh, your youngest son was a what a senior on the football team there this year
0: yep uh, Sam was a senior at West Lafayette uh, playing football and, and just so thankful that uh, um, we're playing games we got these mm-hmm. games in and, and looks like we're gonna get a seventh one in this Friday um, he's a wide receiver and a safety and, and hopes to play at the next level at, at a small school probably looking at a division three school made a few trips this summer um, to do some, some, some sightseeing of, of colleges and have a couple more coming up uh, this month. Um, also plays basketball and baseball. Uh, we're big on three sport athletes mm-hmm. at Lafayette. Um Our older son, same thing, uh, football, basketball, baseball. Um, he spent his first year in college at the Naval Academy. Uh, very honored that he got uh, selected there, but decided after a year that it wasn't for him. And as exciting as it was for us to have him go there, it was, more exciting when he announced he was coming back to, to go to Purdue and he'll finish up at Purdue uh, next summer. He wants to teach and coach uh, like his mom. Uh, he spent a year on the Purdue football team as, as a walk on. So got to experience that and uh, be forever grateful uh, for coach Brown for giving him that opportunity. Uh, he learned a lot uh, from that experience. Um, so yeah, they're, we're, we're blessed to two great young men who are very proud of like, like every parent is of their kid and, uh, um, we're an athletic family. Uh, I'm definitely the fourth most athletic. In the <laughs> far. I mean, uh, I can play catch a little bit, but uh, there's not much else. So, um, fortunately, they got their moms' athletic genes, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's again blessed beyond measure. So
1: that's awesome. And then you're uh, on top of everything else you do. You're involved in the the, the school board there at West Lafayette as well.
0: Yeah, um, got involved about eight years ago. Uh, just for two reasons. One, you know, my life has, has been athletics uh, since, <laughs> since I was in high school, uh, whether it was playing or, or, or working in athletics, and I wanted something else uh, in my life besides athletics. Um, and with my wife being a teacher, and, and both of us uh, have teachers in our families, so education is very important to us, and community is very important uh, to us and to me. And, and this is a, and just like Purdue's a special place, uh, West Lafayette, the schools are, are special. Um, you know, if not number one, they're in the top two or three every year of the top public schools uh, in the state of Indiana. Um, we're very proud of that and it was a way to give back to the community. Yeah. Um, yeah, was fortunate to be uh, voted uh, four years ago or eight years ago and then four years ago and up for election here in a month and, and for a lot of reasons. Can't wait for November 3rd to, to come and go so we can uh, <laughs> move on lives, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been a great experience just to learn something else, uh, besides, uh, all I've done in athletics and, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it and we've had a great uh, superintendent administration and uh, obviously uh, I think a lot of the teachers uh, are our top shelf uh, uh, starting with the one that uh, I'm married to so yeah
1: <laughs> there you go awesome well you mentioned some uh, lifelong friends through Purdue um, earlier two of them that we didn't talk about but I did want to just thank you again for uh, Tim Newton and, and Kevin Sullivan two guys you helped uh, hooked me up with uh, for a guest on my podcast earlier this year. Um, I love talking to both those guys. I'm happy for Tim that football is around the corner, listening to, getting ready to listen to his voice again on the radio and and let him just call some games here. And then, of course, Kevin was just uh, an amazing, amazing guest <laughs> and has great. <laughs> a, a great story, great journey uh, in his career. And uh, it was funny when you you pitched him to me and I was like, I've never heard of this name. Should probably do some research before I respond to Tom if, you know, if I want him on my show. And uh, man, I'm so glad you did because he was just awesome conversation, a great guest, had a lot of great insight and experience. And it actually ended up being my longest episode ever. So
0: <laughs> I'm not surprised.
1: So. Thank you for that. Kevin's a great guy. So, um,
0: kind of- Tim, Tim, uh, Tim and I go way back, uh, since my first year at Purdue, uh, we actually have lunch every Wednesday. So shortly before we recorded this, uh, mm-hmm. I had our, our weekly Wednesday lunch to get caught up, but, uh, uh, my wife Jane actually does uh, uh, Purdue women's games with him currently. Uh, the home games. Mm. Back when I was the SAD for women's basketball, I did uh, radio color with him. So um, we go way back, and he's just uh, as Purdue as it comes, and so is Kevin Sullivan, as as you learned. And, and just I knew he'd be perfect for you, so I'm, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy who loves Purdue, and, and you're right; you can just sit and talk to him for hours on end and and never get tired of it. It's just the journey he's been on, uh, culminating in the white house is, is phenomenal and I'm I'm glad it worked out. So,
1: yeah, thank you. Me too. Yeah. I I felt like I could have talked to him for like, he said, another hour. (laughs) So (laughs) we probably should wrap it up as well. Um, (laughs) awesome. Well, kind of, as we're wrapping up here again, I feel like I could talk to you about Purdue for another five hours, you know, (laughs) we will have to do this again. Um, as we're kind of wrapping up, just anything else you want to say to our listeners or viewers just kind of about your experience at Purdue or your message to people who might be interested in pursuing the same career field as you.
0: Um, and not to be repetitive, but, uh, Purdue is a special place. And, 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 uh, um, I had opportunities to leave Purdue, um, early in my career. And, and I made the decision that, uh, um, Purdue is where I wanted to stay. Uh, and again, I go back to the, the great leadership uh, that I had, uh, I started with morgan burke uh, as the athletics director for for 25 years but uh, um, purdue fit me and i fit purdue and i, I committed uh, uh almost three decades of, of my life to that and, and as people who are in sports uh, know it's it's not an eight to five job and, and you know that when you sign up for it uh, and you make sacrifices and that's okay if, if that's what you know you're getting into and, and i missed a lot of things um and in, in my family's uh, goings on because of Purdue, but that was the choice I made, and I had a very understanding family that, that got it. Um, you know, traveling to games, you miss your kids' games, and when you're in the office on Sunday, you're you're missing uh, family dinners and those sorts of things, but uh, um, communications and sports journalism, it, it's a it's all great, and I encourage anyone uh, that, you know, has that passion uh, to, to write. I think writing's a lost art, but any kind of communication, whether it's social media or, or verbalizing uh, to get to do that about sports uh if those are your passions you can't beat you can't beat the the job and uh, i've got a great staff that's that's carried on since i've left and uh um again i i, I thank you uh, you're the opinion of a pretty person you have a passion for it uh um, you were uh, had the foresight to to come up with this podcast uh, which has just been i've enjoyed listening to it uh, for the last year or so that you've done it uh uh, and, and you're, you're the epitome of what Purdue's all about. And it's uh, a real honor for me to, to be a guest. Uh, I never would have thought when I was helping you get guests that I'd be a guest someday, but uh, appreciate uh, you having me on for sure. And I love to get together with some time to stop sports, uh, forget the cameras and the, and the recorders uh, and just uh, have a boiler gold and, and see what uh, we can iron out about the Boilermakers. So.
1: Let's do that. And I appreciate the kind words, Tom. Thank you so much. That means a lot to hear that from you. And, um, uh, I'm so honored to have you on the uh, podcast as well. I'm glad you mentioned Morgan Burke a couple times too, and you know, condolences to his family and and the great work he had, he did at Purdue for the 25 years there. And then just feel like Purdue couldn't have probably picked a better person to to replace him. I think Michael Bobinski is doing just a, a phenomenal job of keeping the train rolling, uh, so to speak, and to keep a Purdue full steam ahead, if you will,
0: as well. <laughs> very very appropriate title, and, and you know, one of the great things about Purdue. One of the reasons I. I love Purdue because I Ohio a division three school, no scholarships. Everyone's kind of treated the same. And that's, that's the way it is at Purdue. And that was important to me, you know, whether it was Morgan or Nancy or whoever you know, the, the football quarterback got treated the same as the cross country runner. I mean, it was, they, they valued every student athlete uh, and knew every student athlete. Uh, um, and they're more than just those two. I've mentioned those names a lot, but there are a lot of great people at Purdue, um, but it's, it's that kind of family atmosphere, and that's cliche. I know at times, but uh, um, you know, we want all our student athletes uh, to have a great experience and leave Purdue um, with a positive feeling and, and ready to take on take on life. And, and whatever sport you play it doesn't matter. It's, it's getting you ready uh, to be a contributing member to society. And I think, uh, at least for the thirty years that I've been involved with it, and I know even long before that, uh, uh, Purdue's done a very good job of that. So Purdue should be proud.
1: I second that. Well said, Tom. And again, as we wrap up here, it's a reminder to the hundred things Purdue fans should know or do before they die. The latest book by Tom Schott along with Nathan Baird, uh, go out and buy that. I'm sure it's available on Amazon or even on triumph's website. You search it, you'll find it. Uh, you search you'll find it for sure. So. <laughs> recommend you get that and then and check out Tom's other books as well. Hey, Tom, thank you again uh, so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you enough. Really enjoyed it. knew
0: I would and, you can see the back expectations. It was awesome. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm so. good. Hey, boiler up, all right?
1: Hammer down.
0: All right. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter, at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.